0: Well, today in the program, I'm going to spend some time looking at some news stories of the past several days. Some you may have heard, some you may have missed, but all the news you actually need to hear.
1: Nothing but bad news. Nothing but bad news.
0: Everywhere I go. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Nothing but bad news. news. Now, let's be honest. When you put the news on the television, I don't even care what network it is, whether it's uh, CNN, even Fox News, Newsmax, doesn't matter. I learned something years ago early in my broadcast career when I spent part of it being a young news reporter. ...in Atlanta, Georgia. I learned the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. In other words, the TV stations were really getting into, in the mid-1970s, this idea of high-impact journalism. And you had these over-the-top headlines for any kind of a news story. In other words, they were trying to promote their newscast every day you would hear, bad accident, people may have been killed, film at 11. And and every news story that they pushed at you in those kind of teaser announcements were always for the most horrendous and bad story of the day. Or stories, plural, if they had more than one. It was very rare that a news station then or today would say, Look for wonderful weather over the next several days. No, they're looking for the hurricanes, the disasters, the things that go wrong in life. We're constantly being bombarded with a negative message. And because of that, I really believe that we have become desensitized to some of the stories we really should be paying attention to and not ignoring. Today, I'm just looking at several different news stories that have occurred in the last several days, and I'm going to give you a few opinions on these stories. Before I came into the studio to prepare today's program, my wife was watching a news story and looked at me just like, you know, I guess you're right. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we've been saying here. Now you have China getting ready to invest billions of dollars with the Taliban. Yeah, the ones that took over Afghanistan, the ones that 20 years ago we went into to defeat because of 9-11, we went into Afghanistan. And then for questionable reasons, we went into Iraq. I look back now in my lifetime, I'm old enough to remember a lot of stories I can remember Operation Desert Shield, which became Operation Desert Storm... ...and everybody was, hoorah, for our side. We were trying to liberate a small country adjacent to Iraq. And apparently, the Bush family felt the job was not done completely enough. And so, under the guise of weapons of mass destruction... In light of the attacks on 9-11, we ended up going into Iraq. And what a mess we made there. Of course, we went into Afghanistan. And we've spent a lot of money. I hear from the various news sources, including those in government, uh, the T-word, like trillions of dollars could have been invested over 20 years of taxpayer money in Afghanistan. And when we left... This primitive nation that Russia had tried to fight in for a long time and couldn't make any headway. We leave behind some incredible infrastructure in many of the cities, the civilian airport, many of the skyscrapers and buildings. Yeah, we left our mark for 20 years and finally have left. Now, the bad news is the way we left. And that is very disturbing to me today. I'm going to share a little story in a few minutes about that and some of the stuff that occurred yesterday in a hearing. I also am thinking maybe I need to have a wall of shame on the uh, website for Truth to Ponder. I've got a story that'll break your heart that involves American Airlines. A lot of these woke airlines are becoming really problematic for me. The concept of common sense has long been thrown away. We'll have a story on that. When I look at the world today, let's go to California for just a few minutes. The The recall election, the numbers came out, and Newsom, well, he's still the governor. I look at the numbers, I look at the way things were held, and I I believe that Newsom probably won, but I don't think he won by the margin they want you to believe. And I say that because of an instinct. Look at the families that have run. They're like three families that have run all the politics and they're all the intermarriages between the Browns and the this, the Pelosi's, the Newsom's. It's all one big happy family that have run the state of California for years. And after... Gray Davis got kicked out of office in a recall back in what 2003, I believe, and Arnold Schwarzenegger took over. You know, the Democrat machine of California vowed that would never happen again. I don't put anything past some of these political parties in terms of cheating. For them, they have the you know the Communist Manifesto said the the ends always justify the means. They believe that they are the saviors of their state. Of course, I think they're the most delusional in the state of California, personally. The Bible makes it clear. These earth worshipers, you know, it's funny. Gavin Newsom runs around saying it's climate change that causes our forest fires and brownouts. It's climate change. Well, I might believe that if it was true, but it's not poor forest management. Oh, we can't clean up the debris. We're just going to let all this fuel build up and rot out and get ready to burn year by year by year. It only takes a match. It only takes It only takes a lightning strike and that debris goes up and things catch fire. California has always been known For having well, shall we say, in the valley areas of Southern California, it's not a rainy season there that often. I mean, how many how many of you remember this big hit song? Seems it never rains in Southern
2: California.
0: For as long as I can remember. And I'm 67 next month. California has experienced many different natural disaster problems and issues. They've had earthquakes. They have droughts. They have wildfires. And to listen to the Gavin Newsom's of this world and even the Jerry Brown's and others. These fires never happened before mankind. Now, that's a ridiculous statement if there ever was one. Long before mankind ever discovered Southern California, there were storms, there were dry seasons, then there was lightning, and then there were fires. The record is pretty clear. We hear the same thing occasionally in parts of Florida where we live. We've, from time to time, will have a dry spell which happens in Florida a lot during what we call our winter. Winter time in Florida, the temperatures tend to be in the 70s and lower 80s. And it tends to be dry. Rainstorms are few and far between. And with all that drying, with all the dead brush... It only takes one little thunderstorm that pops up sometime during the winter on occasion. One lightning strike. Remember what people don't understand about Florida unless you've lived there. Ninety some odd percent of the people live within a couple of miles of the coast. Literally within a few miles of the coast. Much of the interior portions of Florida are farmland or they are just grown over with brush and it doesn't take much to get a wildfire going. I had a friend of mine, he passed away a number of years ago he was born and raised in Florida. He once told me, he said after God created Florida, he struck the first match because it is part of the cycle of life in Florida to have natural wildfires. It's funny, every time we have a wildfire somewhere near the interstate It looks all burnt out for several days. And in no time, all this new greenery is popping through. And it comes back richer and more beautiful than it had been before. It's a natural cycle. For years, California took care of their wildfire problem by cleaning up excessive brush and and debris, the stuff that burns, and they got rid of it made mulch out of it, whatever they needed to do. But they stopped doing that. They no longer manage the forest like they used to. Now that it's blame, you know, climate crisis on it, so they can blame you, control you, like they do with the pandemic. It's all about power and control. It is not about a virus. And then they don't want to have power plants built. Of course, now we have the government saying and New York saying that by 2035, we're not going to allow the sale of anything but electric vehicles. Well, good. New York, you shut down the Shoreham plant before it even turned on in Long Island. You shut down other power plants. How do you plan on powering all these new cars? Electricity out of the wall outlet is not free. It has to be generated from somewhere. Oh, wind and solar. In upstate New York? I don't think so. Long Island? You can't afford the dirt to put in the solar panels. So where are they going to put them? And will they be in there soon enough? I mean, look, there's a there's a future in solar. Don't Don't get me wrong on that. I'm a little bit of a skeptic on the wind energy... Considering what it takes to build one, how much concrete in the ground to hold one, and how many years they last before they burn up or fall apart. Do we get our money's worth? Is there a reasonable return on the investment, or are we actually in the hole? Nobody wants to talk about those numbers. So I look at California. We don't want power plants, but we want electric cars. We want to blame climate change for the wildfires that we didn't used to have when we managed our forest to protect the citizens. The only ones that get protected are the elite class. I can remember a few years ago. Barbara Streisand has a fine home and had a very green lawn in the middle of a drought. See, she was able to water her her lawn when nobody else could. The elite, the rules are for thee, not for me. And I believe that, like I say, Newsom probably won, but I I, I doubt the margin. I think there was enough, shall we say, added to the total. And I think they've been adding to the total for decades, or at least since 2003. After Schwarzenegger, they swore they would never be defeated again. In some areas, it's hard to do. You can tell by... By the congressional races, there are some places cheating is not as easy as others. But where you can do the mail-in ballots, I think that you're asking for cheating. That's why I'm still unconvinced about the true outcome of the election in 2020. Yeah, I know that puts me on the terrorist watch list because I don't believe in a face mask being the magic cure, the magic face mask that stops all viruses. You know, it doesn't work. It simply doesn't work. There's a lot of things we're told that are simply not true. And speaking, well, I've got a moment, speaking about a face mask. I had this very disturbing story come across, and it really bothered me. And this, this happened, I think, I'm trying to think, I think it even happened within a day or so ago. Probably on the 14th, maybe, yesterday or the day before. Yeah, it's Monday. Amanda and her two-year-old son Wayland and her mother were kicked off an American Airlines flight on Monday. The flight was American Airlines Flight 1284, so I looked up what Flight 1284 is and where it is going. It is a flight that originates between Dallas, Texas, and Colorado Springs, Colorado. The entire flight time, including on the ground, is fifty-three minutes. Okay, so just understand that. Okay, it is a fifty-three-minute flight. Fifty-three minutes, and Amanda, her son, and her mother get kicked off the flight. Why? Because two-year-old Whalen, who, by the way, as asthma. I'm looking at the pictures of the inhaler that the mother carries for her son, okay? He was having an asthma attack and could not maintain the mask on his face properly as a result. So what did they do? What did American Airlines, who should be the first recipient of the Truth to Ponder Wall of Shame Award, do? What did these reprobate-minded idiots do? What did these New Agers do? What did the people that believe in the magic mask do? They turned the plane around. Yeah. They're like 20-some-odd minutes in flight. And they turned the plane around to go back to, to back to Dallas to throw her off the plane. Obviously, it's a very humiliating experience for her. There was some upsetting video footage taken. And you can see the video. I've looked at it several times in another person's video as well. You can see the kid in stress and crying. Not able to wear, not wanting to wear this due to his inability to breathe. Hey, if somebody's suffocating you and has something over your mouth, aren't you going to pull it away so you can breathe like this two-year-old did instinctively? And despite showing the bankrupt intellectually woke fools at American Airlines, the negative COVID test informing him he has asthma, showing this idiotic flight attendant the kid's emergency inhaler, in spite of all of that, and his inability to breathe, a two-year-old. They think this two-year-old is going to kill everybody on the plane. What a bunch of idiots and reprobates. You need to flood American Airlines and let them know your disdain for their stupidity. The flight attendant's name was Carl, and I can just imagine having flown American Airlines, what a reprobate he was on a power trip. The COVID test showed negative. He has asthma. He has doctor papers. He has an emergency inhaler. And this, this idiotic flight attendant has a hissy fit. You're going to kill us. Put on that face mask on your two-year-old right now or I'm going to die. I'm going to have a fit on this airliner. And he bangs on the cockpit door and they turn the plane around because they think it's like a terrorist on board. She's escorted off the plane by police officers. She and her family. She was not refusing to wear a mask. Her mother was not refusing to wear a mask. A two-year-old was unable to wear a mask. And despite the flight attendant announcing the incident to the entire plane, describing her son as non-compliant traveler, a majority of passengers did not speak up about what is happening. You want to know why they're afraid? These passengers are afraid. If they say a word, if they say a word, they may be put on the do not fly list. Now, here's my problem. Carl... I bet you and the rest of your flight attendants are vaccinated. Apparently, the vaccine doesn't work if you're so scared of a two-year-old without a face mask. And you can't be moved. You can't understand. Your mind is now clouded with reprobate idiocy. You have been given delusion by God, and you're scared of a two-year-old who cannot put on a worthless face mask that does not stop a virus from you or anybody else. This magic mask nonsense has got to stop. They don't work. I'll tell you what they do. Get yourself a pulse oximeter. You can buy them at any, any pharmacy. They're not that expensive. We own one. Now, put on that garbagey face mask and let your kid wear it all day and put that on their finger and watch how much their O2 level drops. There are some other tests you can do to find out how much the CO2 level rises in the bloodstream. Yet, all in all, you can't stop that virus. See, these face masks were designed to stop bacteria, not a virus. And so Carl is having such a hissy fit on the, on an American Airlines flight from Dallas to Colorado Springs. He makes the plane turn around. Turn around. I'm telling you. You have hospitals making mothers give birth alone in fear of the virus. We have all this fear, fear and more fear and more fear. And they want everybody to be vaccinated. And we're finding out the more you vaccinate, the more variants you get. And what's their solution? Hey, we'll vaccinate some more. Yeah, two shots, three shots, maybe 26 shots. When does it end? It ends, I guess, when we're all compliant and living in fear. I know that the virus can be dangerous. What COVID has removed from society is compassion, common sense, and intelligence. American Airlines is replying that they reached out, asking her for more information. Well, there's enough information there right now. By the way. The Biden administration, they, they're, they're the reprobates that want little babies to wear face masks because they want these face diapers on us to shame us, to put us into compliance. And Carl, the flight attendant on that flight from Dallas to Colorado Springs, I mean, think about this. It is a 50-some-odd minute flight. So to turn the aircraft around, you had to fly back. Okay? Then you got to get on the ground, then you got to find a gate to come to. You could have flown on to Colorado Springs just fine, but no. Carl wanted to make an example out of her. Carl, probably a Biden supporter, probably thinks Biden is the most intelligent person in the world. He sees a mother struggling and he listens to this this 2-year-old struggling. And he has no heart. Listen to about 20 seconds of a video that somebody took of what was happening in that seat just next to them. can tell this story is very disturbing to me how does carl go on such a power trip of fear over a two-year-old with a negative COVID test by the way with an asthma inhaler prescription for him in mama's possession no we have to turn the plane around and kick you off the plane and have the police drag you out and embarrass you because you you scare me Carl's one of those that fear the virus more than he ever feared God if he fears God at all. Something has got to give. We in my this is my this is Bob Bierman talking here now. This is just my opinion. From all of I've observed, yes, I know this can be a deadly disease for many. I know it. And if you're one of those that this disease would be deadly for you, maybe you should consider not flying because that stupid face mask is not going to protect you, whether you're wearing one or the person next to you is wearing one. And notice, I want you to think about this, American Airlines. Now, when you have food and drink in front of you, you can take your face mask off. I know, I've flown them. But here, a two-year-old who cannot breathe, having an asthma attack, you know, they can be deadly. Apparently, Carl is too full of himself or something to have the intelligence to make a rational decision. Yeah, I get it. The Biden administration and their stupidity has this fines up to $500 on people that don't wear a face mask on public transport. The exemption supply for children to and and travelers with certain disabilities. Asthma, some say asthma may or may not fall under those exemptions. Which shows just how stupid the CDC is. I know many people that have asthma. I know the struggle they go through when they cannot breathe. And they're desperately trying to find their inhaler before they pass out. Shame on American Airlines. Shame on Carl. The flight attendant, may you be fired? May an investigation come out and show that negative test, a breathalyzer inhaler, you know, an emergency inhaler, a child just barely over two, and you're scared of the virus. We'll talk more about that and maybe in the next segment or maybe tomorrow. I've got a few other stories, but I've got a number of other stories that I really want to get to that are equally as concerning. As I said at the beginning of the program, China, beginning they're going to be putting billions of dollars into the Taliban in Afghanistan to prop them up. We could have seen that coming, at least with this administration, Funny how many times Biden starts talking off the cuff. They've got to cut off the feed. They don't want you to see that he rambles on. Incoherent. Yeah, they can keep him focused for just a little bit and then it all falls apart. And we have all these people, all these people, thinking that Biden was going to rid us of the virus in no time. And here we are, here we are in September, over a year and a half later, and we have this big vaccine push. And what is it getting us? The numbers say we're not getting anywhere fast. If anything, we're going backwards. We'll talk about that maybe later today. If not, we'll save that for tomorrow because I have a couple of other stories that really need to be told. Do you believe in the ministry of Truth to Ponder? Today I'm a little upset when I see stories like what happened to this young boy, two-year-old on an airliner. I realize that our world is full of delusion, that what God said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is correct. They've been given delusion because of their evil. My wife and I were talking about Where do we go? What do we do? And I pray a lot. And I listen to my Lord at night as I try to go to sleep and I just try to say, Lord, what do I say? What do I do? How do I help? What needs to be said and done? And I'm trying to discern this message to give to you. I'm always cautious. I don't want to be ahead of what God wants me to say. Yet I don't want to be behind either. We're coming into a time, and I'll talk about that on the other side. If you believe in the ministry, would you consider helping us financially with the airtime bill? Our mailing address, you can make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio, is 21 Berkshire Lane, that's 2121 Berkshire Lane, our secure box number 263, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, In Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, zip code 30537. That's 30537. And we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The mystery
3: of touching God. Shalom alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy Jonathan Kahn Your Jewish connection Bringing you the riches Of your Jewish roots in Jesus Now get your pen out As fast as you can So you don't miss out On receiving a special free gift You're going to get And love in a moment most mysterious events of Yom Kippur happened when the high priest placed his hands on the head of the Yom Kippur scapegoat to identify with it as he confessed the sins of Israel over it. Now, if Messiah is the final atonement of Yom Kippur, then he's the scapegoat. And if he's the scapegoat, then you need to touch him. You need to touch God. Why? Well, you break up the word atonement and you have at one meant. That's what Yom Kippur is all about, becoming at-one with God. See, he identified with you in your judgment and suffering that you might identify with him in peace and wholeness and joy. at one meant. Now, I know you're used to thinking that you need God to touch you. That's true. But you also need to touch God. Just as the high priest had to touch the head of the goat, you need to come to Calvary and touch the Lamb of God, the scapegoat. Just like the woman who touched the hem of his garment and was healed instantly. Don't be afraid to come to him with your uncleanness, your dark secrets, your sicknesses, your sorrows, your sins. Touch him because he came into this world not only to touch you, but to be touched, think about it, by you, to allow you to touch God and be healed at one moment. So the word scapegoat in Hebrew, Azazel, means the vanishing goat because it vanished into the wilderness along with the sins of Israel. So when you touch this one, you'll find that your burdens and your sins and your guilt and everything that separated you from God will vanish. Learn the great Yom Kippur secret. It's a simple As touching God Now how often do you get Offered something priceless Wonderful, life-changing and free Well here goes right now Sapphires It's as precious as it sounds Guaranteed to help you live a life And walk of joy and victory And the incredible Mystery of the temple doors You'll love it It's priceless and it's free How do you get it? Easy Remember Jesus' Hebrew name Yeshua and dial it That's it Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now I invite you to join with me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents. It's over a billion people. Just call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, The Nice Jewish Boy, at Box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. Box 1111 Lodi. L-O-D-I New Jersey. And the zip is 07644. Well, until next time this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Alechem, Peace be to you my friend in Messiah Azazel our scapegoat.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I want to welcome you back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Wednesday. And I hope many of you enjoyed yesterday's program with Edward Zoll. And uh, like I say, he used to work for True News. He's now in a change of career mode. And I hope that you'll keep him in your prayers as he moves forward. If you remember Edward and would like to get a hold of him, you can simply write me, Bob at Truth, the number two, ponder.com, Bob at Truth, the number two, ponder.com. And I'll be delighted to forward any email correspondence to Edward. I didn't ask to get permission to give out his personal email. I know for the moment he doesn't even have access to uh, some of his social media, so... If you'd like to get a hold of him, try through me. I can get that email to him. I'd be delighted to forward that to you. Got a bunch I want to do in this second half. I've got a few stories. I may not get to all of them. A lot of it has to do with yesterday's hearing and the, and the hearings also on Monday with Secretary of State Blinken. And I've got something I want to share in just a few moments. There's no doubt in my mind that this that this pandemic has its dangers but it's also been blown out of proportion and has been used as a wedge issue politically and to me that is just that is just spiritually bankrupt yet some political parties they have this theory that the ends always justify the means If getting people into fear and compliance... You know, there was a hot microphone. I was reading the story and hearing it. That happened in Israel. Where two people were... They thought there was a break going on. They thought the microphones were turned off. And they were talking about these vaccine passports. The one guy said it has nothing at all to do with health. (laughs) Oh, Oh, really? No, it has to do with having a permanent... Digital ID. The goal of many of the Luciferians of this world is very simple. They want to have a digital ID and ultimately a digital currency where they can track everything you do, who you give money to or support, where you buy your groceries, and if you don't comply with whatever the elites tell you, you lose access to your money and your health care. Seeing how many people will take the vaccine is becoming more of an issue to see how much compliance they can demand. And that's what I find disturbing about all this. So many of the rules made over the last 18 months had no bearing in science. Dr. Fauci, before he became the face of the pandemic back in March or February of last year, We find in that treasure trove of emails was telling all his friends a face mask is useless. Yeah, 45 years of studies prove that beyond the shadow of a doubt. And those people wearing their two for a dollar at Walmart or a a box of a 100 for some ridiculously low price. They don't protect you from anything except maybe big dust particles. And we're not even sure, especially what bothers me is I'll, I'll look at these things and I'll look at the package, made in China, just like the virus. Funny, I said that last year on a, on a Facebook, no, a tweet, but I still was doing Twitter. I said, look at this. I had a picture. The face mask made in China like the virus. Man, I got that. I was ordered to take that tweet down or my account would be frozen. Yet now we know what I was saying last year was the truth. It is a manufactured virus. Every day, a little bit more of that story kind of leaks out. And everything we said since last summer is true. Last summer and fall, I made it clear on this program it was definitely a virus made in a laboratory. By the time we got to the end of 2020, it was obvious to me that the father of this virus, those really pulling the strings included Dr. Fauci, Dr. Barrick from uh, Ralph Barrick from University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill and the head of the Eco Alliance, Peter Daszak, who's a zoologist, not a virus or virologist. And money got funneled to Wuhan, your taxpayer money, funneled to create a virus that has killed people across the world. And they run in desperation trying to get everybody vaccinated to stop, to stop the death toll, to stop the infections. And here's what I'm afraid of. And and this I'm saying, I feel comfortable saying this after praying about this at length. They're fighting a losing battle that they think they can win. And they first said, everybody get vaccinated, then your life goes back to normal. Everybody gets vaccinated, you can take off your face mask. Everybody get vaccinated, and the world will be a safer place. And the truth is, the numbers are disproving that. I've got this one little short audio clip. It may be hard to hear, and I'll tell you what you're listening to. This comes from a hospital... Zoom call in North Carolina as they are discussing how to make the numbers for COVID look even more scary. In other words, how do we make you believe something that's not necessarily true? Listen carefully, and i'll I'll tell you the rest of it in just a moment.
2: On the dashboard and how it's set up myself, as far as how we get information out to the community on meaningful numbers, we oh. do that on a weekly basis. So that's on our website, and we've been sharing that through social channels as well, particularly those graphics that show the number of patients in house, the percentage of them that are, unvaccinated the percentage of unvaccinated people in the ICU and the percentage of deaths and the numbers. So those are numbers that we put out as far as we don't get into details of floor work. Right. Room. Those other numbers are certainly out there. Right. I guess my feeling at this point in time is maybe we need to be completely a little bit more scary for the public. Then there's another comment, as I completely agree, there are many people still hospitalized that we're considering post-COVID, but we're not counting in those numbers. So how do we include those post-COVID people in the numbers of the patients we have in the hospital? So is that all the people who have been in the hospital since the beginning of COVID? Well, or that are still in it, and that's something that I can take to someone else, but I think those are important numbers, like patients that are still in the hospital, that are off the COVID floor, but still are occupying the hospital for a variety of reasons. Okay. Carolyn,
0: we call those, I'm sorry, we're calling those recovered now. If you look at the Navant Health dashboard, they're listed as recovered, but I do think it... uh, from our standpoint, we would still consider them a COVID patient because they're still healing.
2: Yeah. So I, I think that that needs to be highlighted as well. Yeah. Because once they're off isolation they drop from the COVID numbers, that's exactly right.
3: <laughs> Carolyn, we can talk offline and, yeah. and how we run that up to marketing. All
2: right. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, Carolyn, I think we have to be more blunt. We have to be more forceful. We have to say something coming out. You know you don't get vaccinated you know you're gonna die i mean let's just let's just be really blunt of these people
0: now what you heard was leadership at a north carolina hospital on a zoom call how they discussed padding their COVID 19 statistics for the purpose of increasing public fear to drive people to be scared to death and get vaccinated that's what it is i've looked at this video four times I've listened to it carefully. I know it's hard to hear, but you have this physician, Mary Rudick, the marketing director, Carolyn Fisher, and the president of the Novant Health New Hanover Regional Medical Center. His name is Sheldon Stevens, all discussing how to inflate these numbers in recovered patients to make you think they're all flooded into the hospital and dying only because they didn't have the vaccine. I'm telling you, I don't know what the agenda really is unless Fauci's so scared he's going to be found out and uh, have to face trial for breaking American law and releasing a pandemic upon the world. He's got his hands in it, and I think he's doing everything to stop it. But I think all of their attempts are going to fail. Lately, I, I feel this very strong feeling. That truth is going to prevail in the end in so many areas, whether it be the pandemic, whether it be the 2020 election, or the incompetence of how we left Afghanistan. Ted Cruz, senator from Texas, was questioning Secretary of State Blinken just yesterday. A lot of the news media showed you a minute or two of what he had to say or less It only runs about six minutes, but listen carefully to what Ted Cruz said and the questions he asked, and I'll share a few thoughts after we hear it together.
1: Mr. Secretary, thank you for being here. Senator. President Biden and the Biden administration have presided over the worst foreign policy catastrophe in a generation. Americans across the nation are horrified. Our servicemen and women, our active-duty military, are angry, they're disillusioned, and they're frustrated. Our enemies across the globe are emboldened, which makes the world more dangerous today for America, and our allies are dispirited. Ever since the disaster began unfolding in Afghanistan, we've seen the Biden administration making political excuses. We've seen Democrats on this committee explaining at great length how everything that happened in Afghanistan is Trump's fault. It's all Trump's fault. Mr. Secretary, Joe Biden is the president of the United States. Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States. You are the United States secretary of state. Just like Jimmy Carter owns the disaster of the Iran hostage crisis. You own this. The Biden administration caused this disaster. It was caused by two things. Number one, ideological naivete and extremism. Repeatedly, Mr. Secretary, in this hearing and also on multiple conference calls over the last month, you keep saying things like the steps the Taliban needs to take to be welcomed into the community of civilized nations. Mr. Secretary, they don't want to be welcomed into the community of civilized nations. They are terrorists who want to murder us. This administration doesn't understand that. Joe Biden doesn't understand that. But sadly, that ideological extremism was combined with manifest incompetence. There were four decisions this administration made that I think were utterly indefensible. Number one, abandoning the Bagram airfield. Giving it to the Taliban. That is a decision that a hundred years from now will be studied at war colleges as a colossal strategic mistake, giving up two secure airfields, necessitating an evacuation from a dense urban environment, a commercial airport, which led tragically to the suicide bombings and murders that killed. 13 American servicemen and women. Had we been evacuating from Bagram with a secure perimeter, the odds are are quite high. That attack either wouldn't have happened or if it had happened, it would have been far less severe in its consequences. Secondly, the Biden administration giving the Taliban a list of Americans and of Afghans we wanted out. Third, the decision to leave Americans behind hundreds of Americans, perhaps more, perhaps thousands, thousands of green card holders, tens of thousands of Afghans who assisted the US military. The Biden administration abandoned them and left them behind. And fourth, leaving billions of dollars of American military equipment that the Taliban will now use to threaten our lives. Earlier in this hearing, you you said about that equipment, quote, none of it poses a strategic threat to us or their neighbors. That does not pass the laugh test. When you're looking at the Taliban potentially having 64,000 machine guns, 33 Black Hawk helicopters, 16,000 night vision goggles, we will see American blood spilled because of these colossal mistakes. Now, abandoning Bagram wasn't your call. It was the Pentagon's and the White House's ultimately. But I want to ask you flat out, did the State Department give the Taliban a list or multiple list of Americans and or Afghans that we wanted out?
4: Those reports and the idea that we would do anything to endanger our citizens or anyone else at a time when we were trying to save their lives is flat out wrong. Let let me just like a yes or no. Did you give them? let Let me be very clear. Oh, Senator, if I may please, thank you. Um, in limited instances where we were seeking to get a bus or a group of people through a checkpoint, we gave a manifest. To the people at the checkpoint to demonstrate that those people were expected. Roughly, how many names were on the list you gave? Uh, Doesn't matter because they all dozens,
1: hundreds, thousands. Give us some order of magnitude. This happened in a a
4: handful of situations where to get through.
1: Dozens. So is it your testimony? It wasn't hundreds. I want to understand. Did you give them thousands of names? No,
4: we did not. Okay, hundreds. not going to put a number on it but it was again why not this
1: is a hearing to discover how many names and how many of those individuals you gave the taliban the name to have been targeted for torture or murder
4: senator by definition these were uh in limited instances with a bus or a group of people to get them through a checkpoint they got through the checkpoint
1: so not only did you fail to evacuate americans and green card holders who were there But you also brought in tens of thousands of Afghans who had wholly inadequate vetting, bringing many of them to the United States. And one of the things that has done is that has brought in a humanitarian crisis to America. Child marriage and domestic abuse, tragically, are widespread in Afghanistan. According to the World Health Organization, more than half of the women in Afghanistan are married as child brides, and 90% of women are subject to domestic abuse, 90%. On August 27th, according to public reports, you distributed internal documentation highlighting numerous instances in intake centers of sexual abuse in which much older grown Afghan males appeared with children, young children, claimed they were their brides, claimed they were their wives, And the document said the State Department urgently requested guidance. That was your word, urgently. Subsequently, the Department of Homeland Security said that it showed the desperation of families, that they were willing to give little girls to grown men to be subject to sexual abuse and child wives. My question is as follows. Did you receive that urgent guidance? How many children have been subject to sexual abuse? What have you done to rescue young children from illegal and abusive relationships after being brought to America by the State Department?
4: Across the entire government, everyone involved in the evacuation effort, whether it's at a transit point uh, in one of the countries that we negotiated with, whether it's here in the United States at uh, Dulles or Philadelphia or the military bases, we have all of our officers uh, at extreme vigilance to look for uh, and to uh, deal with any uh, cases or concerns uh, that Did arise. Did you receive the
1: on urgent s- guidance, and how many child brides I, have you seen?
4: I, I don't know the specific guidance you're referring to. I'm happy to look uh, to look at it.
1: So is there not urgency to discover if children absolute, are being abused? Absolute <laughs> absolutely. Ta-
4: time to of the make senator sure that has expired. We could, we could detect and deal with uh, have any you, cases, and there have been, a, uh, to my knowledge, you? a limited number of cases where we have separated people because we were concerned Uh, That they were. uh, How
0: many are uh, the cases I'm aware of? A handful. As you can see, the Secretary of State had a hard time answering some very basic questions about our withdrawal from Afghanistan. Now, this didn't happen by surprise, it didn't happen over a period of a day or two or three. The idea of getting out of Afghanistan has been around since we went to Afghanistan. Almost 20 years ago, it was talked about early during the Obama years. Maybe we shouldn't be there. Nothing happened during the Trump years. It got louder and louder. We need to get out. And so a plan was in the works and it was a plan based on step-by-step progress We will do this, providing the Taliban and others you do this. And any time you don't, the process comes to a stop. The truth be known, there are several things going on here. Number one, we're now seeing the thoroughly modern General Milley, who's more concerned over critical race theory than how to get out of Afghanistan, without losing our stuff and our people. He did a lousy job. Blinken did a lousy job. Secretary of Defense Austin did a terrible job. President Biden was begging to get out by a certain date to have the photo op to be out before 9-11. It didn't matter the cost. The photo op was worth everything to the Biden administration. I I can't begin to comprehend in my mind. Maybe I'm missing something. But if I was the one who was tasked with the job, we have to leave Afghanistan. We've been there long enough. We're not really accomplishing anything anymore except being basically the policeman. Thankfully, we'd gone for 18 months with nobody being killed, In Afghanistan and so first question is what personnel that are non-military need to be removed safely how many Americans because and understand that during these 20 years a lot of Americans were employed to go there that are living there they were working in certain industries building I mean we only invested like in the trillions of dollars into that country to make it more stable. And if you look at pictures of Kabul today, the capital city, and the time we first found it, the difference is day and night. Modern airport, high-rise buildings. We had a basin in that country, Bagram Air Base, massive, well-protected, isolated where nobody can just come up to it a very securable perimeter. We should have kept it until the last plane left. In other words, get the people out and withdraw back into Bagram, take our stuff out, and then we can exit. Instead, in such a rush, the military leaves the base in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Leaving people at the base, wondering, what just happened here? It was a total disaster. And we're being gaslighted. Oh, it's Trump's fault. Or Stop the blame game. You've been president for eight months. You were in a transition for two. You've had ten months to decide what to do before you decided to do it wrong. Like Secretary, like uh, Senator Cruz said to Secretary Blinken, You own it. You own it. Yet the blame game will go on forever and ever. I'm looking at one last little quick story. We hear about these booster shots. The FDA just released a briefing uh, for Pfizer's request for the third dose of their comorinity uh, or whatever the vaccine is. It's approved, whatever it is. The problem is they only tested it on 12 people over the age of 65. We don't know what it's going to do. 300 people in all. That's it. But we're going to roll it out to millions just because we can. We'll talk about that maybe tomorrow. And then I think of other stories like this one. There's a church, if you can call it that. There's a church in Elyria, Ohio called the Washington Avenue Christian Church. It's a Disciples of Christ place. And their pastor, and I've looked at the website and everything else, was saying that you can't be a Christian unless you wear a face mask and get vaccinated. Let me say that again. This pastor, who, by the way, shares his preferred pronouns before they before the, he preaches, you know, one of those kind of woke churches. In other words, it is an apostate church. It's an apostate church. A vaccine and a mask are the minimal requisites, is what he says, for anybody wishing to follow Jesus Christ. I got news for you, pastor, if that's what you really are. Jesus did not social distance. Jesus, I highly doubt, would wear a face mask and I can guarantee you he would never take this vaccine. Jesus, who is the living son of God, he touched lepers. Let me remind you again. Jesus, the living son of God, he touched lepers. Hopefully in a week or so, you'll be hearing a couple of special programs done by a friend of this program, Jim Calhoun, who is doing a podcast called How to Live Off the Grid. And you'll be hearing from him soon. Hope to have a couple of other guest hosts. I'd like to take a day or two off, believe it or not. It's been over a year. Maybe maybe it'll be good for me to do that. Plus, we have a couple of projects coming up. They're going to take a lot of my time. If you believe in the ministry, would you consider your support to it? If you want to help with paying for the radio airtime, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address for the program Truth to Ponder is 21 21 Berkshire Lane, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's number 263, our secure box, Sky Valley, Georgia. Two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth.